0: Hmm,
1: let's see my Yeah, uh
2: Bill, welcome to this white cast This is Bill Hol This is Bill Holwick. I don't have an intro. Oh my I don't even have an intro for tonight's show. Uh uh, uh dang it. Phone. Phone Yeah,
1: I'll get back to this.
0: audio
3: drama is rated PG for parental guidance. You should experience lots of explosions with no body parts. Parents should be ready to cover their ears.
0: This is a new production. And entertainment is always like, uh,
1: free.
0: Broken Sea Audio Production, OTR Swag, cast.
2: Hello everyone, and welcome to Time Travelling Thursday, here on Broken Sea Audio Productions' OTR Swagcast. The delightful Mr. Holweg has kindly asked me if I'd be so kind as to introduce this week's offering, since, if you'll permit my boldness, it actually features myself. Our tale is called The Time Machine by H.G. Wells, and is a splendid account of my adventure in a machine that can travel in time. Yes, actually in time. Can you imagine that? Did somebody say a time machine? What an absolutely fascinating concept. Oh, hello. Is that it? Or are you waiting for a barber? And who might you be? I'm the Doctor. Personal friend of old Herbert George. Met him in the Scottish Highlands once. Gave him the idea for this story, actually. You can't be serious. Oh, I never joke about time, Professor. In fact, I suppose in a way I may have been the model for you. I'm sure that can't be. That style of police box wasn't about in 1895. Yes, that's true, but... I think I may have a bit of an edge, as my time machine travels in time and space. Oh, I say. Long story. Now that is extraordinary. Oh, yes. In fact, today we're having an old-time radio double feature. First up is a rendition from the vintage series Escape, originally aired on the 9th of May 1948, featuring Eric Rolfe in the role of Fowler. Don't you mean Philby? No, that was another version. Jeff Corey plays Dudley here. That would be me. Yes, yes. And Kay Brinker appears as Wiener. Few people know that the story was adapted for radio by Academy Award-nominated screenwriter Irving Ravitch and was produced and directed by Norman MacDonald. Not to be confused, of course, with the chap from the SNL comedy series several decades later. The second version... They made another one? How exciting! Yes, Dudley. It's a very popular story. Now, may I continue? By all means, Doctor. The second version... I say, Doctor, I must confess that Escape's adaptation of The Time Machine takes a few liberties with H.G. Will's famous story, but it is still a good adventure tale. Unlike the original story, which only had one time-traveller, Escape's version has two, Dudley and Fowler. I, of course, the inventor of The Time Machine, invite the sceptical Fowler to take a trip with me, and we travel from the year 1948 to the year 100,080. When we arrive in the future, we find ourselves in an unfamiliar pastoral world populated by a childlike race of humans called the Eloi. And while we are warmly welcomed and everything seems pleasant, we eventually discover my time machine is missing. Oh, I've had that happen enough times. Soon we discover that the Eloi are not the only race of humans in the future. The Morlocks, an underground race of humans who live in darkness, are the true masters of this world. Ha! I think the Silurians would debate that. What's that, Doctor? Oh, never mind. Please continue, Professor. If you would like to read the original 1895 text of the Time Machine by H.G. Wells, it is available online at wikisource, whatever that means. The chapter that was excluded from the book and later published under the title The Grey Man is also available. Or just nip down to the local bookshop and purchase a copy. Yes, that's very good, Dudley, but you left out one last bit. Did I? Your version of the Time Machine. The Broken Sea Audio Productions version. The one that was aired by our friends in Halifax at the Sonic Society on the 6th of July, 2010. Listeners can easily visit http slash slash sonicsociety.org download. No, a web browser is. Ah, you mean a microscope. That's what I've used to examine spider webs. Oh, never mind, Dudley. But of course! How absent minded of me. That's the version where Fowler is called Philby, played by Paul Mannering, and Mark Kalita plays me, with the delightful Draven Schoberg as Wiener. I understand she's the producer's granddaughter. Yes, the irrepressible Bill Holweg, mastermind behind OTR Swagcast. Splendid fellow. And a fantastic modern version to follow up with after listening to these old time classics. And now, H.G. Wells' classic tale The Time Machine.
1: Escape! You are rushing forward through time, far into the future, trying desperately to flee the clutching fingers of a band of night creatures, a dreamlike horror from which there seems no escape. <laughs> Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Tonight we escape to the year 100,080, and and to a world where beauty and terror live side by side, as H.G. Wells described it in his immortal story, The Time Machine. You must be mad, Dudley. A time machine. Yes, my friend. A time machine. This thing, this very thing. Well, this contraption, that whatever it is, made of quartz and brass and... Ivory, with its levers and dials and its seat in the middle. This is the result of three years' hard work? I promise you, Fowler, that on this machine, a man can go wherever he likes in time. By working these levers, a man can choose his century, his year, his very day. Oh, that's impossible. It's out of the question. In one of the journeys I've already taken on this little contraption. Well, oh, I'm afraid you're, you're having a bad dream. You mean I've developed into a liar? Very well. You've proof, my friend. Uh oh. Just climb on, Fowler. Sit in the seat with me. I'll take you for a little spin. You mean right now? Right now. Well, just in case it should work, aren't there any preparations, we should make? No, Fowler. You won't need any luggage in this trip, not even a toothbrush. You'll be back in less than a minute. All right. I'm on. Now what? Hold tight because it sways a good deal. i hate to lose you. I can't be frightened, Dudley. Then you're braver than I am. Tell me, what time is it? It's just, uh, 12 noon. Before we start, I want to adjust this control a bit. Is everything shipshape? Oh, yes. Tell me, did you notice anything just then? Only a
0: noise, a humming noise, nothing else.
1: And what time is it? You just asked me, old man. It's... That's funny. What? My watch says eleven o'clock, and I could have sworn it was noon a moment ago. There's something wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the watch. It's only that I touched the lever to test it, and we've gone forward a full day, twenty-three hours at any rate. Godfrey, have you finished scoffing, Fowler? Yes, I Well, you have. Then hold tight. This will be the real article. I'm ready, it? Good man. Well, say goodbye, Fowler. Say goodbye to 1948. We went off with a shattering jar, with machines swaying under us. The walls of Dr. Dudley's laboratory suddenly fell away, and night was beating after day like the flapping of a black wing. I saw the sun hopping across the sky, leaping swiftly across it every second and every second marking a day. I saw the moon spinning through her quarters like a ball, from new
3: to full, all in the twinkling of an eye. Trees grew and blossomed like puffs of smoke and then passed away, and all the while we were going faster. And now our pace was a year a second, so that second by second the white snow flashed across the world, and was followed by the bright, brief spring, and still we went on into the future. How do you feel, Father? Sort of weak and very dizzy. Don't let go. Don't fall off. Where are we? How far have we come? We're in 100,000 and 15 and 16 and 17... That's enough. Years. Stop it, Dudley. I can't stand anymore. Stop it.
0: You were white. I believe so. Oh, no, broken bones.
1: What happened? I'm not sure. I must have stopped to suddenly. Where are we, Dudley? Look around for yourself. On a wide lawn. In a beautiful vast garden. An empty Just where we were when we started. We're standing exactly on the spot where my laboratory stood a hundred thousand years ago. And a year? One hundred thousand and eighty. Seemed absolutely incredible, a dream but a pleasant one. For the garden in which we found ourselves was beautiful and sunny and inviting. At some distance we could see a large, imposing building. All was quiet and peaceful, almost too much so,
0: and a sense of strangeness.
1: What incredible strangeness sent a shiver up my spine. One hundred thousand and eighty. Dudley. Dudley. Have you thought what we might find here? What manner of man? What danger? I don't see any men at all. Perhaps they don't exist at all anymore. If they do, what are they like? How they've developed. It's been a long interval between us, more than a hundred thousand years. We won't know until we see them. And then it may be too late. Suppose the race has lost its men and it's become a savage animal. Do you want to go back? Yes, Dudley. I'm frightened. Let's go back. <coughs> Dudley! From over there in the bushes. savage human. Come on. but Dudley, we don't have any weapons. Come on. Oh, it's a child. Look, it seems to be a very small girl. There's been a beast here of some kind. Struggled with her. Look at the marks on her arms. Uh, 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 see here, my dear. You'll be all right now. You won't be harmed. Oh, of course. She wouldn't understand English. I don't think it's that. She's motioning us to go with it. I don't believe they have any language at all, Dudley. What about the animal, did you see? No, not a glimpse. It was too fast for us. Perhaps we'd better go back, Dudley. The girl seems to be all right now. Leave her like this. Without seeing her people and the way they live? You want to go back so soon? Yeah, I've had enough. Well, they haven't, old man. Because they're here. All around us. <laughs> the Days had crept up on soundless features around us, the little people of this era. And the girl we saved was not a child, but a full-grown woman for they all stood four feet high, dressed in simple tunics, beautiful creatures but terribly frail with it. a plump, soft kind of frailty. Their mouths were small, and their little chins ran to a point, and they made no sound. They were like eerie figures in a dream, and all we could hear was the heavy rustling of their clothes as they surged happily around us, their faces in and smile. Well, They're not savage at all. they very loving, and gentle little people. Yes, but there's something terribly wrong with them. How do you mean? They seem to have the minds of five-year-olds. This one over here's been trying to talk to me with just his look at him. He seems to be asking me if I've come from the sun or a thunderstorm. i would you expect him to be? Far ahead of us, of course. Incredibly ahead of us in knowledge and in science. Look at them. Children. Oh, they seem happy in this huge garden of something. <laughs> I changed my mind, Dudley. Maybe we shall enjoy spending a few days with our little friends. The little people led us home into their valley. They lived in colossal buildings, sleeping all together in one huge hall, we in another, playing and frolicking together in the sunshine, and Dudley and I lived with them for days in utter contentment. One afternoon, we walked together along the banks of the Great River. There's no apparent difference among the sexes. They all wear the same clothes, have the same. False, hairless skin. Same feminine roundness of limbs. Yeah. No. I wonder if it's because they're vegetarians. They're vegetarians because they have to be. You haven't run across any horses or dogs or cattle of any kind, have you? No, now that you mention them. With good reason. They're all extinct by now. Just as the dinosaurs with us. Certainly. There's something very strange here. Something hidden away and silent. You may be right. Anyway, I've taken the precaution of removing the controls from the machine. I don't much fancy the idea of someone riding away with it into another century and leaving us here for the rest of our lives, suddenly. Do you recognize this bit of ground? What? Yes, this is where we landed. I thought so. I wasn't sure. Why do you ask? To... Can't you please look around? You can't What's happened to the machine? They've taken it away. Excuse <clears> me. <throat> where, Dudley? Where? Look. See the tracks where they dragged it? Over here. Come along. Right here. By this monument. The end of the trail. Those are brass doors in the base and they're locked.
3: The machine. It must be in there inside. We must get it straight down the door. Well, how? How can we? Here, will you believe us? It's no good, Dudley. They're solid. We'll never break through. Never? Never, you mean, stay here for all our lives, you mean, never go home again? They must open the machine, the time machine.
1: The time machine was gone. The brass doors of the monument held. Our retreat was cut off, a thin line by which we could make our way back home. Back to our own time and our own people. But there seemed nothing we could do. We had no way of communicating with the little people. Of asking what they had done with the machine and why and how to get it back. They merely stood around and watched our vain efforts. There was nothing hostile in their attitude. They were more like simple wandering children. Only one, the young woman, Wiener, whose life we had saved on our first day had become really friendly. She went with us wherever we walked and brought us presents of garlands of flowers slept near us at night in the hall, and we in turn had taught her a few words of English. Now, we redoubled our effort, like men racing against a clock, so that we might speak to and discover the secret of our immense loss. No,
0: not these, Dutchie.
1: No. How could you be so sure that your people didn't steal the machine? Are there any thieves among them? Are they all perfect? That's a lot, Edwin. waking uh, she doesn't understand. But the thief must be sleeping somewhere in this hall. Weena. They take machines.
0: No, Dudley, exactly. No. Who then? Who?
1: We are
4: friends.
0: Yes. Yes. Friends.
4: We need, must have machines.
0: Yes, Dudley, Yes. Who took machine? Are there other
1: people not yours.
0: Arthur, okay. what about those doors, Wiener? Doors open. No, hello! No, no. Wiener, machine in there must open. No, no, not open. All
1: right, my dear, go, go to sleep. Get some rest. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes.
1: You too, fella. Try anyway. Uh, try is no good. What's to become of us, now? Are we caught here in this century? Do we spend our lives with the little people and their secret try to sleep, Dudley? We'll go back to the monument tomorrow. We'll find
0: a way of breaking in. Dudley? Yes? Did you get just... <laughs> There it is again.
3: Something on my face, cold and filthy to <laughs> a touch. On my face and in my hair, cold as death. <laughs>
1: Nothing. You're right, my boy. There's something in here with us. It smell of like a grave. What was it? Little people are all awake. It's as though they've been stampeded. Let's get out of here. I want some fresh air. We went quickly through the hall outside, away from the frantic rustling of the little people and into silence. The moon was full just overhead, and it was close to dawn. There was a faint sound speeding close behind us, and we turned our nerves ragged and our muscles tense, but it was only men coming swiftly to join us. Weena, come closer, my girl. Dudley we You rushed across our path and disappeared in the clearing
0: about 30 yards away. <laughs> what was it? It couldn't see it too well. It seemed to be white. light. It's right here at its head and down.
1: back. Looked like a small age. That's because it was running on all fours. Or with with a drum fell very low. Weena. Weena, what's the matter?
0: Luna. No, Weena. No, no, no. Who
1: are the mollocks? What are they? Weena, tell me. No. No, go. No, no, no. Let's go over there and see where it disappeared. In the clearing, we found a round well-like opening. I leaned over and looked down a deep shaft, and as I did so, I saw a small, white creature retreating down a ladder in the well. Something like a human spider. Its large, bright eyes watching me as it went swiftly down, and then it disappeared in the shaft. How did you see it? Like a nape? Yeah, yeah, but like a man. So there are two species of men in this world. Hey, Yes. Yeah. The little people above the ground, and this obscene thing the street monster below. Two races of men in this country. a white look. It's common to animals that live in the dark, like huge rats, like worms that are cold to the touch. I know because they touch me. You can feel Air being sucked down into the shaft. Yes. The earth must be tunneled enormously here under our feet. And these monsters live in the tunnels. I think we know now who stole our time machine. Yes. I'm sure of it. Then? Then we'll go down and have a look.
0: No. No, don't go.
1: Why not, Weena?
0: Why not? you miss her. come
1: back. We've got to have our machine, my dear. You wait for us here.
0: No,
1: no. But we went down. Our heels ringing on the small metallic bars that were meant for creatures so much smaller than we. Down we climbed. Down. Down. Ever in darkness. Down it seemed into the center of the earth. the core of the world. What's longer? No, until we reach top. We can only stop and rest. We can't be much further. I'm so terribly tired. I hang on a Did you hear that? Like a secret. You we were almost there. Thanks, heaven for that. All right, Paula. I'm at the bottom. Come along. Just a few more steps. Give me your hand, Paula. under the earth and we haven't seen any yet except for our friend who came down ahead of us why do you suppose they wanted our time machine i think they wanted us to leave not the machines and we've come to them. we must it's our only chance Paula, if that noise does come from air pump down why is it so stuffy here so I you. Smell. <coughs> Light another
4: match. That's it, look. Great
1: head. On the white metal table. It's set for a meal. Yes, with a big chunk of bloody meat. And we know that cattle are extinct. What do they feed on these Morlocks? Don't you
0: know? Yes, I do. Another
1: match. All right, I... Uh... Bradley? Uh, I haven't got any more. We've, we've got our last match. All right, we'll have to go back there, then. We know the secret now, anyway. The Morlocks living here underground are the masters of this age. Our friends up above, fatted cattle fed by the Morlocks, clothed and supplied and housed until the day when they're cut out from the herd and brought underground. It's food. This is the future you're looking at. This is what we men of the 20th century shall come to. Release. What is it? What is it?
3: I've both hands, cold hands. Take one of these levers. Use it as a weapon. Latch out against the wall. Father, oh, here beside me! Dudley, what do we do? Dude! Fight them!
0: Hell,
1: you go evil now like this! Dudley, they're all around us. This way, Father! This way! Back this way! We went. Back. And that evil doctor. I think every step as we went. Back to those projecting bars, kicking and clawing ourselves loose from their pallid grasping hands and climbing up again toward daylight and freedom away from their stench and the eagerness of their icy hands. And they didn't follow. For daylight was their enemy and their great fear. And we lived among the lush gardens of the gentle little people like prisoners. Like men without reprieve like men who are dead, or they still walk the earth. Or the time machine was locked away behind great brass doors, and we knew we could never force them open. Then, one day, Wiener told us of an old building, an ancient staggering structure that had survived through many ages, and was filled with many curious objects. A museum, that's what it must be, a museum, pal. Perhaps from some earlier times. Well, I'm in no mood to go looking at a museum. But don't you see? Specimens are medically sealed in museums. Perhaps there were things, weapons, machinery, something we could use. Oh, sure. if we could find some dynamite or gunpowder or something. We could blast those doors. We could get, get in. Where is this place, Weena? This old building that no one ever goes near.
0: I think you, Paula, feel not far. A chance,
1: old man. A slim chance, but a chance nonetheless. <laughs> All day we've wandered through the great ruined halls. The building had been deserted, and in this for perhaps a century. The childlike men of that time had long since ceased to care about anything but their own personal comforts. It was late afternoon and growing dark when we came upon the chemical section. We'd found nothing useful to us until then. And now, now came the worst disappointment of all. And it's dust. All of it. Been dust for centuries. Another dead end. Talk. We were out of our heads to hope that nitrates would retain their form for a hundred thousand years.
0: Oh, you better go. Is something here? Wait
1: just a moment. There's something in this case. You can break it with your lever. Stand back a little. (laughs) Hallelujah. A box of matches hermetically sealed. perfect. Well, not even there. And what should we do with them? Burn down
0: those glass doors? Oh. Better keep them anyway. At least we can smoke again. And you can't tell. Oh. No. On the floor. See them?
1: Small narrow footprints leading away into the darkness at the end of the gallery. We better go. Pick weed up and carry us. We'll have to run for it. Don't be frightened, my dear. It'll be all right. Go on, run! We came out of the gloom of that place into the deeper gloom of death. Suddenly we saw we were trapped all around us with a morlock. And with there were the thousands surrounding us and coming closer, a long, even line of deathly white, their eyes blinking in the half-light, and their tiny mouths alive with appetite.
3: The master, Dudley. Light a fire here. The forest is dry. Good. We'll have an infernal here in a minute. And our little friends don't like light, light or heat.
1: The fire leaped high to the heavens and the countryside was ablaze. The Morlocks turned in fear, blinded by the glare. Some of them burned in the middle of the raging flames. And the rest faded away like a fog. Dudley had left a narrow passageway for our retreat and we fled down a long corridor of leaping flames and blistering heat. We fled for
0: safety.
1: We fled back toward the community of the little people. And as we ran, we passed the huge monument with its great bronze doors that were locked tight on our time machines. And suddenly, in the glare of the distant fires, we saw something that stopped us short.
3: They're open. Follow the
1: doors are open. No,
0: no, no, go in, Dudley, no. The
1: trap. They're ready for us inside. Ready or not, we're going in, Dudley. it's suicide. It'll take me about one minute to screw the levers in again. Then I touch them and we're away. All right. I'll try to give you your one minute. Good boy.
0: No, no, Queen, not leave me.
1: You, my dear, you hold tight around my neck. You're coming home with us.
0: All right, let's go.
4: Machine, they haven't found it. I don't see them yet. Come on,
1: quickly. Give me that other lever. <coughs> the store's ugly They're closed. Get in the feet. I'll be ready in a minute. I waited for the hum that would signal our departure, and there in the darkness the morlocks were planted upon us. Cold, persistent fingers swarmed over my body, tugging at me, fucking me away from the machine, but I held tight to Wiener as a man holds fast to life and tried
3: to kick them away with my feet. Oh, no. Hurry, Dudley! Oh, no. hurry, oh, no. hurry. hurry! I can't seem to get the Leave it. clear, over done. Just another turn. And it...
1: Well, <laughs> 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 we're away. Thank God. Yeah, oh, we made it. Are you all right? I'm all right. Good. Wait up. Wiener isn't with her. What happened? They tore from my hand. Twice a minute. They got her. I tried to save her. I couldn't. I know, old man. I still got a piece of her tunic here in my fist. A piece of her tunic, Dudley. But nothing else. <clears throat> So we came home again. Back into the very minute from which we had left. Back into 12 noon, May 9th, 1948. We were in Dudley's laboratory again, motionless, sitting on the ridiculous contraption which he called a time machine. Was it our a dream? A mad and feverish dream. Could any of it happen? Could any of it happen? <laughs> no, of course not. How stupid. But then...
0: What of this jagged piece of green silk I hold in my hand? What does that mean?
1: Produced and directed by Norman McDonald, tonight brought to you The Time Machine by H. G. Wells, adapted for radio by Irving Rabbit, with Eric Rolfe as Fowler, Jeff Corey as Dudley, and Kay Brinker as Wena. The musical score was conducted by Wilbur Hatch.
2: And now. The second version of this double feature also comes from Escape and was broadcast on 22nd October 1950, and many say it is arguably better than the first. John Denner plays the role of Fowler, Lawrence Dobkin plays Dudley, and Georgia Ellis appears as Wiener. And now, H.G. Wells' classic tale, The Time Machine. Now that is extraordinary.
4: You. Finding life pretty dull? Dreaming again of exotic places? Wishing you were somewhere else? We offer you Escape.
3: Escape. Designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Escape with us now to the year 100,080 and and a world
4: where beauty and terror live side by side, as H.G. Wells describes it in his immortal story, The Time Machine. You must be mad. A time machine. Yes, my friend, a time machine. This this thing, this very thing, this contraption, this framework made of quartz and bronze and ivory, with its levers and its dials and its seat in the middle, this is the result of three years' hard work. I promise you, Father, that on this machine a man can go wherever he likes in time. By working these levers, a man can choose his century, his years, his very day. Oh, really, old man. Time is only a kind of space. If we can move about in all the other dimensions of space, why not in time, too? <laughs> it's impossible. Out of the question.
3: Well, what are the journeys I've already taken
4: on this little contraption? I'm afraid you've been having a bad dream. You I mean, I've developed into a liar. Very well. You shall have proof, my friend. How? Just climb on, Paolo. Sit in the seat beside me, face these ivory dials, and I'll take you for a little spin. Well, you you mean right now? Right now. Or just, um, in case this thing should take off like the flying red horse, are there any, uh... Any preparations? Uh... No, Father, no, You won't need any luggage on this trip, not even a toothbrush. You'll be back here in my laboratory in less than a minute. All right. I'm on. Now what? Oh, tight. It sways a good deal. I'd hate to lose you. <laughs> I can't be frightened, Dudley. Then you're braver than I am. Tell me, what time is it? It's, um, just twelve noon. Before we start, I want to adjust this control a bit. Hmm. Is, uh... Is everything ship-shaped? Well, did you notice anything just then? Only a noise, a humming noise, nothing else. And what time is it? You just asked me, old man, it took... is that What? My watch says eleven o'clock. I could have sworn it was noon a moment ago. There must be something wrong with it's it. It's only that I touched the lever to test it, and we've gone forward a full day. Twenty-three hours, isn't it, anyway. Is <laughs> it? Finished scoffing, follow. Yes? Yes, I believe I have. Then hold tight. This will be the real article. I'm ready, Dudley.
3: Good man. Well, then. Say goodbye, Paula. Say goodbye to 1950. He went off with a shattering jar. With machines swaying under us. Walls of Dr. Deathly's laboratory suddenly fell away. Night was speeding up today like the flapping of a black feet. I saw the sun hopping across the sky, leaping swiftly across it every second, and every second marking a day. I saw the moon spinning through her quarters like a ball, from new to full, all in the twinkling of an eye. Trees grew and blossomed like puffs of smoke, and then passed away. All the while we were going past her. Now our pace was a year a second. But second by second, the white snow flashed across the world and was followed by the bright, brief spring. And still we went on into the future. How they're pale, Paula. they weak. Very dizzy. Oh, that snow don't fall off. Where are we? How far have we come? We're in 100,000 and 20. And 60 and 70 and that's enough! days. 70 I Something not stand can't and 70 <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, you
4: all right? Yeah. I believe so. No broken bones. What happened? Not sure. Must have stopped too suddenly. Where are we, brother? The ground for yourself. A wide lawn. Beautiful, vast garden. No, I meant geographically. Just where we were when we started. Where my laboratory stood hundred thousand years ago. And the year, Dudley? What is the year now? One hundred thousand and eighty. It seemed absolutely incredible. A dream. The present one. For the garden in which we found ourselves was beautiful and summery. With an unexpected perfume about it, almost like platine. At some distance, we could see a large and imposing building, and everything was was quiet and peaceful, but almost too much so. And the sense of strangeness, of incredible strangeness, sent a shiver up my spine. One hundred thousand and eighty. Father, do you want to go back? Yeah, yes, I rather think I do. Let's go back. Suddenly, from over there, in the bushes, it sounded human. Come on. Why, yes. it's a child. Seems to be a very small girl. There's been a beast here that some kind Struggle with the look of the box in her eyes. Now, my dear, you'll be all right now. You won't be harmed. Of course, she won't understand English motioning us to go with her. Yeah. Well, what about the animal? Did you see it? No, not a glimpse. too fast, it. Perhaps you'd better go back, Dudley. The girl seems to be all right now. These her like this? Yes, yes, I've had enough. Well, they haven't, old man. Because they're here, all around us. They had crept up on soundless feet to surround us. The little people of this era. And the girl we'd saved was not a child, but a full grown woman. For well, they all stood four feet high, dressed in simple tunics. Beautiful creatures, but terribly frail, with a plump, soft kind of frailty. They were like eerie figures in a dream, and all we could hear was the rustling of their clothes as they fed happily around us, their faces wreathed smiles. Why, why, they're not savage at all. They're very loving, gentle little people. Yes. Yeah. There's something terribly wrong with them. How do you mean? They seem to have the minds of five-year-olds. How do you expect them to be? Far ahead of us, of course. Incredibly ahead of us in knowledge and science. <laughs> Look at them. Children. They seem happy in this huge garden of theirs. Uh, Dudley, <laughs> I've changed my mind. Let's stay. Maybe we should enjoy spending a few days with our little friends. The little people led us home into their valley. They lived in colossal buildings, sleeping all together in one huge hall, eating in another, playing, frolicking together in the sunshine. And we lived with them for days in utter contentment. One afternoon, Dudley and I walked along the banks of the great river. Little people all wear the same clothes, the same soft, hairless skin, the same feminine roundness of limbs. Yes. I wonder if it's because they're vegetarians. They're vegetarians because they have to be. You haven't run across any horses, or dogs, cattle of any kind, have you? No. Now that you mention it, With was good reason. All extinct by now. This is the is with us. Dudley, there's something strange here. Something hidden away in silent. Here in the year one hundred thousand and eighty. Felt the same way. I've taken the precaution of removing the control levers of the time machine, putting a master padlock on the main switches. do mm. so Not much fancy the idea of someone riding away with it into another century and leaving us here for the rest of our lives. Uh, Dudley, you know where we are? Well, uh, yes, this is where we landed. I thought so. I wasn't sure. What if you ask? What's happened to the machine? What? Uh, but it, they've taken it away.
3: They've stolen it. This is where it was. It's right here. Look. Follow the track. Here will they drag it. Over here. <coughs> come along. Down this path. Look. Right there. The monument. There's a brass
4: doors in the base. Oh, oh, they're locked. The machine. It must be in there. Inside. We must get it. Break right down the door.
3: Oh, how can we? Here. Use the ladder. All right. Inside. Now. <coughs> No, it's uh, no good, Dudley. The college will never break through. Never? No, never. We me not break through here. We here. All our do We never go home again. We can it open the Time machine. No, 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 no. <laughs> The laughs that Red
4: Skelton and Amos and Andy bring to CBS on Sunday nights are doubled, tripled, and quadrupled because of the friends, relatives, and strange acquaintances they bring with them. Hardly a Sunday night goes by, but you meet Shorty, the kingfish, Sapphire, and a whole host of Amos and Andy funny friends. Red Skelton generously gives time to Willie, Clam, and the rest of his laugh-provoking pals. You're invited to meet them all again tonight on most of these same stations, when Rhett Skelton and his gang, and Amos and Andy and their friends, packed the house with mirth at CBS, the star's address. And now we return you to Escape.
3: We were caught in the
4: year 100,008. The time machine was gone. The brass doors of the monument. Here. Our retreat was cut off, a thin line by which we could make our way back home, back to our own time, and our own people, back to 1950. We had no way of communicating with the little people asking what they had done with the machine or how to get it back. There was nothing hostile in their attitude. They were more like simple, wandering children. Only one, the young woman Weena, whose life we had saved on our first day, had become really friendly. She went with us wherever we walked, Presence of garlands, flowers, slept near us at night in the hall, and we in turn had taught her a few words of English. Now we redoubled our efforts like men racing against the clock, so that we might speak to her and discover the secret of our immense loss. We were talking to her one night after the others had No, not me.
0: not
4: me. No. How can you be so sure your people didn't steal the machine? Are there any thieves among them? Are they all perfect? Not so now He must be sleeping somewhere in his hall. We die. They take machines. You, me. Who then? Who dies? We, we are our friends. We must have machines.
0: Yes. Yeah. Who other people, not yours? Okay. What about those
4: doors, Weena? Uh, the
0: doors open No, no,
4: we the machine in in there. Must open.
0: No, no, not open. All of right.
4: course we get rest. Yes, yeah. Captain. Some of us, Paula. are we caught here in this century? Spend our lives with the little people
0: in this country.
4: We'll go back to the monument. Too. We'll find a way of breaking. Good
0: night, Good night. Good night. Good night. Did you just... <laughs> hell with the
4: game? And my face, cold, spilt to the touch. And my face in my hair, it's cold. And death! Death! Oh, you're right. Yes, There's something in here with us. Smells <laughs> of <with> the grain. <laughs> I don't know. But look at them. Look at the
3: little people. They're all awake. They've been sent here. <gasps> Let's get out of here. I want them fresh air. We went quickly through the hall from outside, away from the frantic rustling of the little people. The moon was full, just overhead, And it was close
4: to dawn. The a faint speeding close behind us, and we turn. Our nerves ragged, our muscles tense. There is only eye coming swiftly to join us. And there is what? what do you mean, know Dark. What? Dark. Dark. Night. Why should they be afraid of the night? It's not the night alone. Dark place that dark Cuba. Perhaps it's something underground. <laughs>
3: It was another day.
4: We had wandered into a lovely wooded place about a mile from the community. And suddenly, Wiener screamed. Fire! We stopped short. A pair of glaring eyes were fixed upon us. As we stood there, petrified, the thing, a little ape like figure, rushed across our path and disappeared in a clearing about 30 yards away. <laughs> what was it? I couldn't see it too well. It seemed to be a dull white with white hair on its head and down its back. It looked like a small. He was running on all fours. Over this arm, tell very Weena, Weena, what was it? The no, 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 no. Who are the mocks? What are they? Weena, tell me. You. No, no. Let's go over there and see where it disappeared. Come along, father. <laughs> in the clearing, we found a round, well like opening. Dudley and I leaned over and looked down at the deep A small, white creature was retreating down a ladder in the well. Like a human spider. Its large, bright eyes watching me as it went swiftly down. Then it disappeared in the shaft. Olaf, did you see it? Like an ape. Yes, but also like a man. So there are two species of men in this world. Yes. The little people above the ground and this obscene thing, this bleached monster below. And that white look, common to animals that live in the dark. Like huge rats. Like worms that are cold to the touch. I know, because they've touched me. Ola. You can feel the air being sucked down into this shaft. Yes. The earth must be tunneled enormously here and drop. These monsters must live in a tunnel. I think we know now who stole our time. Then, then we'll go down and have a look. No. No, go. not go. Why not? We luck. You'll we'll never come back. <laughs> we must have our machine, my dear. You wait for a kiss. And so we went down, our heels ringing on the small metallic bars that were meant for creatures so much smaller than us. Down we climbed. Down. Down. Ever in darkness. Down it seemed. Into the center of the earth. Into the core of the world. How much longer? Well, knows? Can we reach bottom. Can't be much better. You hear that? Like machinery. We're almost there. Oh, well, thank heaven for that. All right, bottom on the bottom. Come along, just two more. It'll be a handful. We're here. In the land of the Morlocks. Have a match? Huh? Yes, 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 here. Yes. A large vaulted cavern at the end of this passage. What do you uh, suppose they'll do? They catch question. I've no idea. Let us take care not to be caught. Another mention. This has to noise. Probably their ventilating system pumping the air down.
0: There must be thousands upon thousands of these
4: more like living on the earth. We haven't seen any yet, except for our friend who came down to heaven. Why, why do you suppose they want our tiny machine? I think they want us, but from a machine. And we've come We're to them. We must, our only chance. Colin, if that noise does come from air, Colin, yes? why is it so stuffy here, so oppressive? That makes Mill. Blood. Quite another match. Dudley. <clears throat> Look. Straight ahead. On the white metal tree.
0: For a meal. Yes.
4: With a small haunch. Neat. We know that the cattle are extinct. Then. What do they feed on these morlocks? The children? Yes, I know. Another no, match? Yes. Oh, sadly, I have no more. i used my last match. Oh.
0: All
4: right. We'll have to go back there. We know the secret now, anyway. Morlocks, living here, underground, are the masters of this age our friends up above, that is cattle, fed by them all, as clothed, supplied, and housed until the day when, when they're cut out of the herd and brought underground as food. This is the future you're looking at? This is what we men of the twentieth century shall
3: come to. God, what is it? I've got hands. took it? I Take the weapon. Right? I Against this wall. here beside me. Mean. They're moving in. I know. you the one that you've the one that's the one the one the we went back in that evil darkness, fighting every step as we went, back to those projecting bars, kicking and clawing ourselves loose from their callous grasping hands, and climbing up again, up toward daylight and freedom, away
4: from their stench and the eagerness of their icy hands, and they did not follow, for daylight was their enemy and their great fear. And we lived among the lush gardens of the little people like prisoners. Like men without retreat. Like men who are dead, though they still walk the earth. For the time machine was locked away behind great brass doors. And we knew we could never force them to reprieve.
3: Then one day... Weena told us of an old building, an ancient sagging structure that had survived through many ages and was filled with many curious
4: objects. A museum? That's what it must be, a museum, Fowler. Perhaps in some earlier time. And I'm in no mood to go looking at a museum, don't you see? specimens, hermetically sealed in museums. Perhaps there are things, weapons, machinery, something we can use. Yes, yes, of course. If we could find some dynamite or gunpowder or We could blast those doors, we could get in. Um... Where is this place, Weena? This this old building that no one ever goes near. I take you. It's not a chance, old man. A slim one, but a
3: chance nonetheless.
4: <laughs> All day we wandered through the great ruined hall. The building had been deserted, unused for perhaps a century. The childlike men of that time had long since ceased to care about anything but their own personal comfort. It was late afternoon and growing dark when we came upon the chemical section. Yet found nothing useful to us until then. And now came the worst disappointment of all. And it's dust.
0: All of been dust. Another dead end. Ah, it's
4: we were out of our heads to hope that nitrates would retain their form for a hundred go years. Oh,
0: no. It's nothing
4: oh, wait just a moment. Something in this case. You can break it with your lever. Stand back a little. Mm-hmm. Box of matches. <laughs> so, Thermatic, we see. Now, wait, let me see. That's perfect. They're not even damp. What should we do with it? ...burns down, those brass rooms. You'd better keep them, you can't tell us. What, on the floor, you see? Small arrow footprints leading away into the darkness at the end of this
3: gallery. Oh, we'd better go. The queen up and carry will have to run for it. <laughs> now, don't be frightened, my dear. It'll be all right. Go on, run! <laughs> we came out of the gloom of that place, into the deeper gloom of dusk. And suddenly we saw. We were trapped. All around us with a Morlocks. They were there by the thousand, surrounding us, and coming closer in the long, even line of deathly spikes, their eyes blinking in the half light, their tiny mouths alive with appetite. Alice, the matches! I had them still like a fire from oh, here. Please, Hurry, oh, you man, know, The forest is dry. Oh, hurry, man. We'll have an inferno here in a minute. Our little friends don't like light or heat. <laughs> The fire leaped high to the heavens, and the countryside was of The warlocks turned in fear, blinded by the glare. Some of them plunged into the middle of the raging flames, and the rest faded away like a fog. Dudley had left a narrow passageway for our retreat, and we fled down a long corridor of leaping flames and blistering heat. We fled to safety toward the community of the little people. As we ran, we passed the huge monument with its great bronze doors that were locked tight in our time machine. And suddenly, t- In the glare of the distant fires, we saw something had stopped us short. They're open! Father, The doors are open! No, no, not go in! me. no! it's a trap. They're there waiting for us in time. Waiting or not? We're going in! No. It's you! It'll take me one minute to screw the levers on again, then I touch them and we're away! All right, I'll try to keep you. Good away. boy! No, no, go. Not leave me. No, you, you, my dear,
4: you hold tight around my neck. You're coming home without me. Okay. All right. I... All right, let's go! <laughs> Quickly, I look for the machine they have in hand. I don't see them yet. Come on now, quickly. The door is closed. the clothes
3: getting the feet. I'll be ready in a moment. I waited for the hum that would signal our departure. There in the darkness, the morlock was finally upon us. Cold, persistent fingers swarmed over my body, tugging at me, tucking me away from the machine. I held tight to Wena, the man who holds fast and light. right I, I kick them away with my feet. Hurry, does it hurt us? Get these levers, quickly. <laughs> we're done. One we more turn, and it. <laughs> They're following away, we're done! <laughs> yes. Every maiden. Are you all right? I'm all right, Lord. Right. And Wena? Wena? Is it with us? What happened? They tore her from my hands at the last minute. They got her. I had tried to save her, but I couldn't. I still have a piece of a tunic. Here my things. Little piece of her tunic,
4: Dudley. Nothing else. And so we came home again. Back into the very minute from which we had left, Back into 12 noon, October 22nd, 1950. We were in Dudley's laboratory again. Motionless. Sitting on the ridiculous contraption which he has called a time machine. Was it all a dream? Did any of it happen? Could any of it happen? Of
0: course not. How stupid. Then what of this? What of
4: this little
0: piece of thin green silk
4: I hold in my hand?
3: Escape is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald. Today we have brought you The Time Machine by H.G. Wells, adapted for radio by Irving
4: Ravitch, and starring John Daner as Fowler and Larry Dobkin as Dudley, with Georgia Ellis as Weena. The special music for Escape was arranged and played by
3: Ivan Dittmar.
4: Next week, escape with us to a small fishing
3: boat off the California coast at a night of terror and death at the hands of a brilliant madman as Bud A. Nelson tells it in his exciting story. Seven hours to freedom.
1: Have a good evening and come back again next week. This has been Bill Holwig from West Texas for Broken Sea Audio Productions. www.brokensea.com Good evening. Good evening. The music for tonight's episode was composed
2: by Brian of Seraphic Panoply and Stevie Farnaby. Professor Dudley and the doctor voiced by my good friend, the brilliant Mark Kalita.